Hey there, it's Sinai, the youth correspondent of Black on Black Education. Today, I will be sitting down with our founder and CEO, Eva Jean Charles, to talk about what education means to her. Hope you enjoy. So, um, thank you, Eva, for just sitting down with me, and thank you for the opportunity for us to be able to have an interview today. Welcome. Thank you. I'm happy to be here. So, let's start off um, with telling us a little bit about yourself. So, what's your name, your profession, and how long have you been working in that profession? Uh, my name is Eva and Jean Charles. I am a student first. Um, so I don't work in a specific, um, profession quite yet, but I know that I'm going into the education field and, um, I'm excited to see kind of where that goes. Cool, 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 cool. Um, so what was your experience like in middle and high school? Hmm. Um, so I'm going to just take that question and run because, um, I went to a lot of different schools before I got to middle school. Uh, middle school is where I finally like found a home, but I went to seven different schools in seven different years between kindergarten and seventh grade. So, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of moving, a lot of making new friends, but I think that that informed partly um, my middle and high school experience. So I went to middle school at Valhalla Middle School Woo-hoo. in Valhalla, New York. Shout out to Valhalla. Whoop whoop in Westchester County. And um it was a very interesting experience. I think middle school, um middle school is awkward for everyone. And it's especially awkward when you're a black girl in a sea of whiteness. So <laughs> so like you feel awkward, you feel ugly, you feel uncomfortable, all those things that people feel in middle school. And um but it was I mean, I think it was a great experience in terms of what I learned. And the people I met and the friends that I made. Um, High school was a little different only because for me, I am. I, the beginning of high school was a lot like middle school, still feeling awkward. And then freshman year, winter kind of changed my life because I uh, joined the track team. And that kind of informed a lot of stuff that I did throughout high school. I was always a good student. Um, I had pretty good relationships with most of my teachers. There's a few of y'all I don't like. You know who you are. (laughs) (laughs) But for the most part, I had a really great experience. I was really, I was in an environment that I had all the resources that were, um, that I needed. And I think it took until junior and senior year for me to understand and kind of come more into my blackness and be unapologetic about it. So that I think that kind of encapsulates my experience. I, I think I had like a normal high school experience for a person living in the suburbs in a affluent town. I think I had the same experience as many other people, aside from the fact that I was the black girl in a sea of whiteness. Queen <laughs> of the Negroes, as Jody would say. <laughs> That's really awesome. Has has being blacked ever gotten in the way of you making friends or um of how your teachers see you and the way you perform in your assignments it's a great question um no no (laughs) (laughs) i think that for me i 
my dad has a big part of that. Like I, he always taught me my power kind of. So I think that like, I never, I never let stereotypes or those different things stop me from doing what it is that I wanted to do. In high school and, and middle school, I was an average student or maybe a little above average. I was like a B plus student. Um, but that's because I didn't care. I didn't like the material. I didn't want to learn a lot of the stuff. So I did it so that I could pass, but it wasn't something that like I had to put a lot of effort into. Um, being black informed a lot of my social experiences in school. So like so many people would be like, Eva hates me. Uh, why does Eva hate me? And like these things would like came off because I wasn't this person who was like, I want to be friends with everyone. Like I had my friends and I felt comfortable in that space. And if I didn't talk to you, I didn't talk to you. And it didn't mean much to me, but to other people, the perception was that I didn't like them or that I hated them or that I was angry with them. And I can't say for sure that that is because I'm black, but for me, I didn't see that dynamic between other people. If, if this group and that group didn't talk, this person didn't have a perception of them that they didn't like them. But for me, it was, you don't like me. Or if I got upset or agitated about something that I was passionate about, it was, why are you so upset? Like, calm down, relax. Where if there were other people who were passionate about different topics, I didn't always see that same dynamic. So I can't say for sure that it was because I'm black, but I can say that uh, from my side and from my view, that's how it felt many times. Yeah. Or even if I would talk about kind of like in track, when people are like, oh my gosh, you're so lucky you're black. That's why you're fast. And, or, oh my gosh, Eva has such a big butt and that's why she's fast. And that's why, and it's because she's black. Or like nullifying the fact that like there were days where I worked out three times a day. There were days that I worked out twice a day. There were days that I worked out once a day and I spent uh, seven hours at a meet. So like I worked really, really hard to, to, get my, to get my times down and to get to nationals and do all these different things. My blackness maybe had a contributing factor. I, I have an athletic build, cool, but without the work, I wouldn't have been the athlete that I was. And sometimes you feel like people nullify that because they have this perception that like all black people are fast or all black people are good at sports. So like these different stereotypes that you, that you see in the media and things like that. Yeah, there's a lot of that in my school now. Um, anyway, so has how has the education you've received changed your outlook on life, education, and your beliefs around what you could achieve? Hmm. Um, I think I went to a school where I forced them to know, like high school, I mean, where I forced them to know that I had power and that I knew it. And then I forced them to know that I was, that, that I knew I was going to be successful and I made people kind of understand that. And so a lot of the time when people understand that, they invest in you because they're like, I want to say I had something to do with this woman going on and doing fantastic things. So I definitely got a lot of investment from my teachers, but moving into college that, I mean, transformed my life. Uh, I had black professors and I learned theory and ideas and concepts that were never introduced to me before. I had never read anything by Malcolm X before I went to college. I had never read anything by Bell Hooks. I had never read anything by James Baldwin. All of these people who have like changed the way I see the world. And um, I think if I had been introduced to that earlier, I don't even know where I would be in terms of of my career or my education trajectory or any of those things because 
yeah, being in college has really like been a paradigm shift in terms of how you think about existing and like <laughs> how I th- how I think about like the way the world works and what I want the world to look like and realizing that like there are so many historical factors that matter when it comes to how we as black folks or as people in general like how we operate in the world and um without being given the opportunity I don't know if I would have ever uh figured it out so I'm super super grateful to the education that I received in college over anything because it was transformative wow that's that's really amazing um do you have any professors specifically that might have given you assignments or books or things to do that kind of molded the way of your the way that you see things uh yeah I think two come to mind um Nina Rose Fisher she is incredible like the way that she can take something and dissect it down to its core and make it understood in a way that you would maybe have never even thought to think about like not even the step of like I never thought about it that way like (laughs) I never thought to even think about it that way like (laughs) that deep and um I got to have her for two semesters a year long and she and I she's still someone I reach out to um on a daily like sometimes if I really need that support um over the summer like I was able to text her and be like girl like I am dying (laughs) and she was able to do that for me like she was amazing and I mean she wasn't my only professor in that class I also had a professor professor Watterson who is like a career academic has worked her entire life um in this space and she is in the space of social justice and she is is incredible in her own right um but I think the relationship that I was able to have with Professor Fisher definitely informed a lot of the ways that I think and she also empowered me in terms of thinking about politics as something that I might want to do or thinking about um thinking about how I can live my truth within the systems and institutions that exist um, also, Carlton Jama Adams. Oh my goodness, what do I say about this man? <laughs> I talk to him almost every day. <laughs> he is like, I sat in my first class with him and I had him for a full year and now I'm taking him again for an independent study. But like, he, it's like, how can someone's brain be so brilliant? Like, sometimes I'm just, I sit in class and I'm just in awe of how he can take something that I read and he can read it and, and see it in a whole different way than I see it. And he kind of gives me the, he makes me understand that like, I have to live in my own truth. I have to also be accepting of other people's truths and figure out a way to balance the two. And so he absolutely is like, ugh, amazing. And so I think, like you asked about experiences also that have changed me. I mean, I was a forensic psychology major until about a year ago mm-hmm. um, when I got the opportunity to work with some incredible, incredible youth in Brooklyn. And 
without that opportunity, I don't know what I would be doing right now, honestly, because uh, after three weeks working there, being a teacher, being a tutor, I knew that education was where I was supposed to be. I knew working with youth was what I was supposed to be doing. And so that experience has really given me the opportunity to say, well, you might not know what your career looks like yet. You might not know what your job is going to look like. You might not know what you're going to be doing in 30 and 40 and 50 years. But I do know that I will serve that community. I will serve people who have been disenfranchised, people who have um, been knowledge has been hidden from them, people who just haven't been given the resources and the opportunities that I have. I know that some of the circumstances that have existed in my life um, could have made me a very, 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 very different person had I not had people invest in me and had I not had education take hold of my life and change it. And so I am super, super, super grateful to um, those people that I just mentioned and cases, which is where I worked with that those incredible youth. Um, I'm grateful for those experience probably the most since I've been in college because without those I don't I, I truly I like could not tell you what I would be doing right now. <laughs> <laughs> that is really, really, really amazing and encouraging to all black people out there who are trying to who are trying to do something, who are trying to be something, who are trying to be doctors and actors and and engineers and scientists it's just really really empowering um so i have a question for you can i ask you a question sure (laughs) um you are how old should the people i am 12 years old you are 12 years old out here killing this interview (laughs) and how have if we haven't shared with the listeners our relationship I'm your babysitter slash cousin slash bestie. <laughs> and I have been babysitting you for what, six years now? Seven years? Seven years. And so, like, we right here, homegirl. Home we right here. And how have the conversations that we've had and the discussions that we've had and the readings that I have forced you to read and the quotes <laughs> that I have forced you to look at, how have those things um informed you and kind of like the space that you're in right now being 12 in seventh grade in the same high school that I middle school that I went to um I didn't even answer that question that is just everything you've forced me to read and memorize has just helped like it has made my brain bigger and more informed about what really happens cuz i go to school yes i learn about i learn about fractions and percentages and and world war whatever whatever <laughs> and i learn how to read and write and analyze and learn how to look through a microscope and see what i'm trying to see but that that's not all of it. That's not like that's not the end of education when mm. I come home from school and mm. I and I you take ahead. and I take a shower and you better I better tell these people <laughs> and I take a shower and I get ready for school and I look over some notes or something. It's 
it's more than that. There's more to education than what a lot of people see. And <laughs> go ahead, girl. I have done so well. I'm so proud right now. If y'all can see me, like my smile is huge because I am so proud. Go ahead. <laughs> Everything that you've taught me has just like I can't even explain it. So now, cause now when I go into school, I'm like I I know that you're telling me one thing, but there's more to that that you're just not saying. And I don't know what it, maybe you don't want to say it, but you're just not saying it and it mm. needs to be said. It has to, cause it's, it's important that people know it and recognize it and learn it and share it with other people to empower them too. Like how you have empowered me and it's just so, so helpful that I know more about the world around me than what the world is telling me. Sanai. <laughs> yeah, when I tell you, like, I'm getting teary. Like, I'm not kidding. Like, that was amazing. Oh, my gosh. Ooh, you better tell, ask me the next question before I start crying up in here. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, next question. So, how in, how important is it that people who are succeeding in their fields reach back and help their communities it's like the most important thing like so many communities do that if we look at white people they will build the business and then pass that business off to their kids and then their kids pass it off to their kids and wealth and equity just keep being built are we we have to do that us in the black community, we have to do that. Even the best way to achieve liberation, whatever that looks like, is to have strength in community. The people that we see who are the billionaires of the billionaires. So let's Jay-Z, for example. Jay-Z did not get there by himself. Jay-Z got there by bringing those who he loved and cared for and who loved and cared for him he brought them with him. And so without him having done that, there's a whole group of people who could have still been left in the projects in Brooklyn. And so if we're gonna say, listen, we need to make this change, the only way to do that is by saying, well, I got, I got something. So for me, I have my brain. I don't got a lot of money. I don't have a lot of clothes. I don't have a lot of shoes. Like I don't have a million, all these great, awesome, amazing things, but I do have my brain. And I'm proud of all the stuff that I got packed up in here and the stuff that's on my computer because I forget what's all packed up in here. <laughs> um, and stuck up in the Afro and like the back. All that stuff. I can use that to take the systems that have been created and fix them and change them. And, and then say, okay, you created that system. Well, I'm going to create another one over here for my people. Because y'all didn't build this one for us. And I can only do that if I say, well, I have a 12-year-old that I babysit. I have an 8-year-old that I babysit. I can pour into you what I have or a part of what I have. And also give you the tools to think for yourself and to say, well, Eva, you think this way, but what about this? And to show people that... Two times two equals four. Five times five equals... Like, learning that rote memory is not going to help you change the world. And what they teach us in school, more times than not, is what they want us to know and not the other side. 
Mm-hmm. And so that's why what a lot of what you said was so true because you need the stuff that's on the other side. You need that in order to get you to where you want to go. And so once you get those tools, the best and most amazing way for you to transform your communities is to take those tools and reach back and keep bringing people with you. I'm not, I, I don't do what I do. I don't work as hard as I work for me. I do it so that I can open doors for people to come, for the next generation to come through. And if every generation does that, they, they cannot stop us, period. So we just have to realize that when we get to that space, we can't leave people behind. Every time we get a step up, you need to be bringing somebody else another step up. Instead of, I'm jealous because this person has more than me, how about you call that person and say, thank you for being incredible. Now, how can, how can I help you be more incredible? And in that service, you're going to get better. And then those people who have gotten into those great places, you have to say, well, you ain't doing too, too hot right now, homie. But I have this thing that you can do for me, or I have this thing that we can do for each other to help my thing get greater and for you and your family and your people to get greater also. Mm-hmm. We have to. We have to. We got to help each other out. <laughs> Everybody else is doing it. We got to get on it, homie. Get on it. <laughs> that's that's amazing. That's really, really amazing. Um, next question. So, has your friends or family had any impact on your choice of career? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I guess I got to go and give Jamal Thomas some credit now. Um, <laughs> um, a lot of the stuff that I do with you, a lot of it. He has given to me. So my dad didn't go to go. He, he went to college. He didn't finish. Um, but he is one of the smartest people I've ever met. He forces himself to think about this side and that side. And it makes us argue all the time because I began frustrated. But <laughs> it forces me to be better. It forces me to think more. It forces me to think more critically. It forces me to figure out all the different ways that systems are set up. And how to unravel those systems or create new ones. Because now I'm saying, I'm thinking like me, but I also have to learn how to think like them. And when you learn to think like them, and, and whoever them is, when you learn to think like them, it's easier for you to understand how they got to where they are. And then when you take them little tidbits out, I'm going to suck you dry. I'm going to use you for all you can give me when I start thinking like you. And then I'm going to forget all the crap that you got stuck up in there that's not helping us progress. And I'm going to take what I need and help the people that I'm trying to open doors for. Mm. So he has given me the tools necessary to understand that just because these have been my circumstances, just because um, these things have held me back, just because some days I don't want to get out of bed, doesn't mean that I have to stop pushing, stop, stop trying, stop... Like, there's a reason why people are doing this work. And there's a way to make this work effective. Um, My friends, I have amazing friends. I was talking to somebody today and telling them, listen here. I don't use the term friend loosely. Mm -hmm. If I would not give you a kidney, you are not my friend. (laughs) That's, I mean... We could be acquaintances. I can like you. You can like me. But to be my friend, somebody I consider a friend, I would have to want to give you a kidney. And so I have incredible friends who hold me accountable, who check in on me, who 
make sure that I'm doing okay when the paper is due, the essay outline is due, 17 emails need to be sent out, I got to babysit. They, they make sure that I'm good. And I, and I love them for that. I will shout out only a few. If I didn't shout you out, please don't get upset. But um, Mariah, Camille Taylor, my best friend in the whole entire world, Stacy, Danielle, Sanai Clark, <laughs> Mara House, um, like Katia Flores, like people who are not only in my family, but who are also my friends who are just amazing. And I appreciate you. And if I and my sister, Kayla Blackwell, my brother, Evan, Kelsey, they don't always be doing what I need them to be doing, but that's okay. <laughs> everybody, you know, everybody trips up. But again, I, my boyfriend, Jermaine, Jermaine, I almost said his name wrong. Jermaine <laughs> Bennett. Like I have people in my life who really make sure that I'm good. My uncle Jason, like I just have people and I'm so, 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 so thankful for them. My aunt, even though we be arguing and fighting, my aunt Nikki, she like, and so I have some people, <laughs> I have some people in my life that are plotting on my downfall. And I have some people in my life that build me up every way that they can. And I appreciate them more than I think I ever say. Um, my dad, that's my homeboy. That's my friend. We be arguing all the time, but it makes me better. And so I, like, super, super grateful. And yes, like, my friends not only help me get to where I want to be in terms of my career, but they get me to where I want to be in terms of being a great person. Aaliyah Thomas, like my little baby munchkin. <laughs> like, listen, I, I, I'm very, very grateful. So, yes, that question, thank you for that question. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, that's really important to have those people in your life who are there mm-hmm. all the time everywhere anytime mm-hmm. everywhere all of that is <laughs> it's, it's just amazing overall i think that it's good to have those people and it's good to be doing things for the community but how if it gets too much or too stressful how do you how do you cope with that Mm. like how do you how do you deal with that Mm. um i'm gonna be honest (laughs) (laughs) um at the this current moment my work-life balance is not where it needs to be um i like to work out I don't like to run, but it does help me clear my head sometimes. Um, but real talk, I like to sit in my bed and do absolutely nothing but watch 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> I popcorn. Like, sometimes I just need those days. So, like, Sundays, usually, if I'm not traveling, um, are my day to relax. Where I don't do my hair. I wake up, brush my teeth, and I just eat and lay down and relax all day and so that is the way I practice self-care um by doing nothing and sometimes when I'm supposed to be doing work at school I'll sit with my friends 
and we will laugh and joke and eat and chill and sometimes just that hour of time to vent or breathe makes all the difference so right now I'm not doing the best job of practicing self-care but I do try to take those moments take my little naps on the train just like give myself small things that help me cope with this thing called life (laughs) um lastly do you have any questions for black on black education um well considering i started black on black education (laughs) i have limited questions about it but i do want to know from you um to kind of close this out what do you what does black on black education look like for you in in 10 years or 20 years or like what 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 do you want it to look like um I want it to be a big corporation who helps not only black people but also all people of color. Mm-hmm. Um I want there to be like the the building, the advertisements, the signs, the interviews on and on News Twelve. And I wake up in the morning, I'm like, oh, that's my boss. <laughs> <laughs> but all all of that comes with a price, and you have to work hard and be willing and want to do it because if you my my English teacher always tells me this if you do not do something that you love you're gonna hate it and you're not gonna like it and you're not gonna enjoy it and it's and it's not gonna be good for you that's a smart English teacher (laughs) and it's true it's completely true and you can apply it to almost everything Mm -hmm. if you are not happy or satisfied or have an adequate life then you're not gonna be happy and it doesn't sometimes it doesn't always work for everyone sometimes some people are happy with just getting by sometimes some people are happy with having everything and not having to do anything and not having to work because they already they already have that stuff but in life you gotta work you gotta try you have to you need you have to do in order to get where you want to go and in order to see things that you want to see and do things that you want to do and be things that you want to be you you can't just get there by someone handing it to you on a silver platter. That's just not how it works. It's it's not. (laughs) Thank Um, you so much, Sinai. You are an insightful 12-year-old. And honestly, I am thankful to myself for, you know. (laughs) That's love. (laughs) I should be thanking you, Eva. Thank you. For sitting down with me and just chatting, you know? <laughs> um, yeah, no, these conversations are always good to have because they, they need to be had. And people need to hear it and share it. Um, yeah. 
So, thank you. Thank you, girl. (laughs) All right, that's it for the Black on Black Education podcast. Have a good evening. Bye.